to Everything You Think You Know About Adoption is a Lie, affirming and centering lived experiences in the deconstruction of the adoption myth. My name is Mila Konomis, and I am an adoption survivor. As sold and bought people, as adoption survivors, our voices are too often suppressed, ignored, and erased. This podcast is a declaration that survivors of the global adoption trade deserve to be seen, heard, believed, and remembered. Everything you think you know about adoption is a lie, affirming and centering lived experiences in the deconstruction of the adoption myth is intended to challenge conventional adoption narratives by providing counter-narratives that center the experiences and perspectives of someone directly impacted by the adoption industry. The television. My adoptive mom tells the story of how I would not stop crying when they first brought me from Korea in January of 1976 to their home on the U.S. military base in Yokosuka, Japan. She says that nothing would appease me. She held me, rocked me, bounced me, patted me. No matter what song she sang, what soft words she uttered, Nothing consoled me. My loud cries went unabated. My adoptive brother, a sincere five-year-old at the time, gave me his blankie. He said it would make me strong. But 30 minutes later, he came back around. He could feel his strength leaving him. He needed his blankie back. Eventually, in a swift act of desperation, My adoptive mom clicked on the television and frantically flipped through the channels. Suddenly, as though a magic spell had been cast upon me, the crying ceased. But it was not magic. It was something much more profound and stunning. My mom had stumbled upon a television channel spewing the Korean language. And it is that which finally consoled me. Welcome to Episode 2 of Everything You Think You Know About Adoption is a Lie. While there are a myriad of myths and lies used to uphold the larger adoption myth, in the weeks and months to come, this podcast will be exploring some specific myths including the orphan myth, the better life myth, the love is enough myth, and this is God's plan myth. I'll be deconstructing these myths with truths, facts, and lived experiences to create and build a counter-narrative. As a starting point, I want to provide a decolonial definition of transracial adoption. Transracial adoption is a global industry that profits from the forcible and violent separation of children, mothers, 
fathers, parents, and families by targeting and exploiting communities of color and of the global majority through tactics of coercion, manipulation, and oppression for the purpose of church and state-sanctioned child trafficking to specifically benefit those upholding whiteness and white violence. So let's confront the orphan myth with the truth. Truth number one. There is not an orphan crisis. There is an exploitation crisis. It is a misconception that there are millions of orphaned, familyless babies languishing in orphanages. According to UNICEF, 95% of orphans are five years old or older. Furthermore, the term orphan is misleading. In reality, the majority of these children are not true orphans, but are still living with a remaining parent or extended family. These children do not need to be adopted. Instead, they are mostly older children living with family members who need access to resources and financial support. I also just want to take a moment here to acknowledge the genocide that is happening in Palestine and the response that a lot of people have had asking how they can adopt a Palestinian child. This is an example of how colonialism and empire weaponize family separation as a tool of oppression. Whenever you see wars, invasions, disasters, empire will swoop in immediately and seek this as an opportunity for profit, commodification, and expansion of its empire. The answer in times of crisis like this is not additional family separation and trauma. The answer is providing support and resources to help families stay together and to empower communities to take care of their children and families. On that note, truth number two, there is not an unwanted baby crisis. There is a family separation crisis. It is pure myth that mothers do not want to parent their babies and children. The reasons identified for relinquishing a child for adoption most often include economic hardship, poverty, crisis, mental health issues, and a lack of support. Rather than offering support and resources to empower families to stay together, family separation is incentivized through federal and state policies that monetarily reward termination of parental rights in favor of adoption by strangers. Conversely, family preservation and reunification are de-incentivized. No financial support or resources are offered to families that want to stay together. Consent. Post-reunion, I learned that my oma and appa had become friends during their middle school years. Eventually, they fell in love. My oma became pregnant at age 20, after which they moved into an apartment. They had plans to marry and raise a family together. But then an unexpected crisis fell upon them a month before I was born. My appa was accused of vandalism and was sentenced to a year in prison. While he was imprisoned, my oma's older sister, 
commanded my oma to leave my appa. My oma did not want to leave my appa. She wanted to be a family. But her older sister was like a god to her, and she had to obey. From prison, my appa sent two of his brothers to visit my oma at their apartment to ensure that my oma and I would have the necessary support. But when his brothers arrived, my oma was gone. My appa never heard from her again. When he was released from prison, he had no idea that I had been sold overseas to a white American family. He never consented to my adoption. When he found out years later that I had been sent away, he was devastated. Truth number three, adoption does not save orphans. Adoption creates orphans. I wasn't adopted because I needed a family. I already had a family. I was adopted because it was more politically and economically expedient for Korea to sell and export me to a white American family than to provide social and financial support for my oma and appa to keep and raise me. Adoption relinquishment is not an act of love. Adoption relinquishment is an act of desperation born out of crisis. I was adopted because my appa became unexpectedly incarcerated and my oma was too disempowered and oppressed to be able to protect us from being exploited. I was adopted because no one was willing to show my oma and appa compassion, and support in the midst of crisis. As I acknowledged earlier in the podcast, there is an ongoing genocide happening in Palestine right now. And this crisis is also prompting people who have internalized the colonialist narrative of adoption to exploit the ongoing genocide as justification for the selling and buying of children euphemistically referred to as adoption. We must understand that adoption is not an appropriate solution or response to crisis and certainly not to genocide. Children deserve to remain with their families and their communities We have to understand as adoption survivors that all of this is connected in the same systems of oppression and empire. And in my case, as a Korean adoption survivor, I cannot deny that the same forces of empire and colonialism and invasion are responsible for my purchase and export to America. Those same systems are the same systems that are operating in Palestine and committing genocide. So now I'd like to share a poem that I wrote as a way to process all of these connections. Side by side. 
War does not care about your children or the distance in miles a shovel must travel to carve out homes in the earth side by side for the dead. When love becomes strategic and children die in the safe places and the screams of babies mean more bombs and guns and riches for the bombs and guns and riches. Anyone can bend a story to fit neatly into oppression so that cruelty sounds like freedom. Brutality feels like salvation. Violence looks like justice. War does not care about wisdom or poets or cries painted on walls or fingers broken under rocks or women split in half or boys that never lived and girls that were not allowed to die. We think we were spared because they told us they saved us. From who? Our mothers giving birth alone in dirty corners, our fathers muzzled in metal boxes, the same men and women counting bullets and coins sold us. You think you are free because you are not the one dying. You think you know the truth because you have only known lies. Is this what a saint says? Is this what a savior does? Who owns your love? Who buys your truth? Who sells your story? While you curse the ones hiding in the shadows, darkness is the only haven for the ones who disappear in daylight. Your homes resting upon bones as your flags melt into your walls, and you hug your children and cry because the other mothers want to hug their children too. Just like my Oma wanted to hold me and dreamed of an ocean with currents to carry us to one another. But they stole the seas and drowned us with grief until we descended into the realm of weeping mermaids and sunken vessels, ghosts feeding and fed upon until our spirits return to the mouths of the hungry and poison every tongue with the undying speech of the love that understands the distance a shovel must travel to uncover the memories and wishes of the eternal dead. Living beneath our skin, watering the earth, each time fire cuts us open, each moment the eyes of the born have no choice but to see, to hurt, and to be Blood. As we wrap up episode two of the podcast, I want to conclude with a question that reframes the narrative. Instead of asking, what about all the children that need families? We need to be asking, 
What about all the families that need support? Well, that's it for today. If you enjoyed the music that you heard along with this podcast, I also create musical poetry. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, and most other major music platforms. The track accompanying the podcast episode today is titled Mother, and it is off of my first album, Shrine, under my artist name, Empress Han. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is Everything You Think You Know About Adoption is a Lie, affirming and centering lived experiences in the deconstruction of the adoption myth. My name is Mila Konomis, and I am an adoption survivor. <laughs>